This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. Oh. Hey. Uh, we're going to be talking about how much change is too much change in your comics, more specifically with the character or superhero that you identify with or enjoy. Um, I got to on, the, on this topic. Joel reached out to me. He's like, are we doing a show tomorrow? I'm like, we do a show every week, man. <laughs> but uh, but he, uh, I was like, oh, this is interesting because in the last episode of Off the Rack, which you can catch here on this channel, um, we were talking about how they changed Galactus's origin, sort of. Oh. And uh, people were really upset. And I, I remember being like, no, I can't believe they really changed his origin. And I jumped into it. And as we were like analyzing what happened in the story, I realized I was like, no, this is kind of like the par for the course in comics. Like, the kind of, like, you thought you knew this character that's been around forever, but here's a new thing. Uh, here's a new element. And when you think about, like, the backstory for Galactus, nothing that Kate's adds really does detract from what he was. It's just that it just oh. adds more stuff. And it, by the way, do I think he needs more stuff? I think it's pretty... I think Galactus is a pretty complete design and character all on his own. I don't think you really need to add more. But, like... It's it's par for the course in comics and more specifically in Marvel to do that, uh, but people Absolutely. were really upset, and I was like, "Oh, there are enough there there are this many Galactus fans." Um, Absolutely, and you called the change too in our uh, "What Would Really Ruin Stuff" episode. You you literally came up with this idea before Kate, which I, I love. I'm waiting for the. the I'm, I'm telling you, Wolverine is as old as Apocalypse, and he was one of the original Horsemen, and the adamantium is a metal that was created by Apocalypse. Like I'm waiting for that to happen. Um, it's another one You're of those bad. things that'll ruin everything. But, uh, yeah, so Galactus's change, and that's a character who's essentially been wallpaper at Marvel. Like, oh, yeah. he is a plot device. He is a driving force. He's an antagonist at best. And there have been, I think, multiple series called Galactus, like about Galactus yeah. slash Galen. And, and I like the character, and it's not. I don't, I don't just like him set against the Fantastic Four, though... Without him set against anything Marvel, I don't see what the appeal is. Um, but that's, for me, just one element that they changed a slight thing about to add a new Donny Cates, huge, awful, dark-themed, evil character that's going to show up and cause a Marvel event. So, you know, you think about how the reaction was to Galactus. Man, do I have way, or do we have way more... Uh, concrete examples of significant oh. changes that have gotten, uh, you know, applied to characters throughout the years. Uh, and the question is really, like, how much change is too much change? Like, because uh, for me, I'm like, uh, Galactus, it uh, doesn't seem like too much change. For, for some people, that's the line. Absolutely. Well, I, I think, too, you know, people get really hung up on Galactus because, you know, they love 
power scaling and galactus is one of the ultimate yardsticks in marvel comics like well can he beat galactus you know how many galactuses could you fit in there i'll trade you i'll trade you three galactuses for you know one in Pyrex or whatever right 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 so the idea you're suggesting is if there's something bigger more powerful than galactus that is suddenly introduced it throws off my entire power scaling argument like i have to reevaluate the Absolutely. whole damn thing Without a doubt, I got to go back and got to redo all my charts, all my string theory boards. This ruins everything. Do you know how much work I'm going to have to put in now? See, that, 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 that I understand. That, that's the kind of uh, frustration that you expect from like a graduate student who sees new research being introduced no on the same, during my thesis. I'm writing my thesis. New research yeah. comes in. Oh my God, that completely throws everything off. I got to go back to the drawing board and I have to, I have to defend my thesis in two weeks. Um, that, mm. I, that I respect because at least it comes from a, quasi scholarly perspective i think it's just more people are viscerally reacting they're just like don't change the thing that i'm familiar with don't do dare do it i know this thing it's different from what i remember pass um but the reality is so i hate it i i I was gonna say i I will say i do appreciate too just to give my own two cents on the chains itself uh you know in your pitch in your pitch for what would ruin it's like wouldn't it suck if galactus as you know, like a legacy, and there were other Galactuses before him. At least this goes a little bit, you know, more expansive to be like, no, 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 there was a guy above Galactus, but he ate universes, not just planets. Right. So Galactus has always kind of been, you know, doing an impression of this guy. Yeah, yeah, that he got the idea of heralds from being one. Um, which does, I think, yeah. it, it, I, I'm glad we don't have multiple Galactuses. Like, I'm glad that we didn't get a dude that come out came out of a wormhole who was like a bigger, more complicated looking Galactus. <laughs> like that would be very disappointing. My helmet is your helmet. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Galactus core. <laughs> oh my God. The council of Galacti. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, coming. That- you are right. <laughs> if you live long enough, you will see everything change and then go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, before we get really deep into the topic, I wanted to mention that this is a show sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live, if you leave a comment or uh, make a question in the Super Chats, uh, the, the contributions go to keep this thing moving and allows me to keep the lights on. Um, but, uh, you know, no obligation to do so. It's just that that's how we make it work. So uh, here's an example. Uh, Paul Baker says, speaking of Super Heavy, uh, because the thumbnail for this episode is uh, Jim Gordon, Batman from Super Heavy, yes. who is like the avatar for oh my god you changed my favorite thing right um, right speaking i enjoy super, super happy you know it's funny it took it took some time but me too uh the new 52 i think that big changes fall completely flat when you barely have a status quo to begin with love you guys love you too paul thank you very much man yeah That's the fair. thing is uh if you don't have a status quo and then you change the thing is you need to have firm ground before you make changes because right. otherwise what's the point or the character is identified by change that the only thing you know right. is that you know nothing about that character and that they're constantly changing over and so there's nothing to identify with it's probably why like most 90s characters don't really have the the you know the the longevity that some other legacy characters do right. um, because they just here's a character they're a flash in the pan we created them for money and then we needed to change them because we created them literally like sonic the hedgehog like just in a boardroom <laughs> with a bunch of checklists he's poochy and so then the the winds changed slightly because the 90s were incredibly tumultuous, not economically, but certainly uh, creatively, and uh, particularly in comics, where, like, there's some great shit coming out, and then there's some real shit coming out. And, like, 
it's hard to <laughs> you know it's it's amazing that like within the same decade you got things like preacher and you also got things like speedball uh although speedball was created in the 80s i, I need a better example uh, how about blood x-man yeah x-man x-man has some potential I kind of dig X Man. He did keep coming back, though. They kept. Using I guess he. Him. I guess longevity. Yeah. Bloodshot is a better example. You're right. Well, no, no, no. Well, or any of those derivatives. Well, Bloodshot's been around forever too, but that's he's he's a well he's he's a Valiant staple. He he is like the logo for Valiant. Um, I would I was right. gonna say Blood anything, Blood Wolf, Blood you Sport, go. Young Blood, Blood Gun, Blood Gun. Blood, that's a much. There's a lot of you know yeah. Um, but anyway, blood, blood fist. <laughs> yeah, the '90s were. It was very. It was very red in the '90s. Um, but uh, <laughs> we also have one from a, Jamie Wide, Wild, Jamie Wilds, who says, uh, "What's up, Sal and Joel? Not much, man. How about you? Hope you're well. We are. Thank you. Uh, we all know one of the worst changes. Uh, one more day, though. Original sin changes are on the table. Um, yeah, one more day is a status quo shift." And it's one that was direct, uh, editorially directed, um, and one that was a long time coming. Unfortunately, if you interview or talk to any creator, like if you talk to anyone who wrote Spider-Man since the seventies, right? One more day was always like one bold editor in chief away from happening, um, in one form. Right. And I would call it a codifier. I would call it even a codifier too fan dissatisfaction and anger like that's the one like oh this pleased nobody even like Straczynski wasn't happy with it either so like this literally just happened because an editor said it needed to happen right exactly uh, although that's like a status quo shift we're really talking about like changes to characters that you know a writer might argue are a natural evolution of the character and fans would argue right. is a is a betrayal of the of the of the integrity of the character. Um, right, right. You know, like I, like I'm thinking a uh, Nightwing, for example, Dick Grayson. You, mm, you had yeah, him on your yes. list. Um, through. I did. There were a lot of people, and I don't remember this. I wasn't old. I'm not old enough to remember it, but I do remember it coming up in letters pages and in Wizard magazine. Uh, people being upset when they aged Dick. And when right, they when made him Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah. Like, they were like, what are you talking about? He's Robin. Will always be Robin. Yeah, and, and to think of it today in that way, it's laughable. But you add... It's quaint almost. You give it 30 years, and so, like, you maybe your argument is a joke. Uh, although I would argue that, like, there was a time 30, 40 years ago where, you know, they weren't, they weren't thinking big picture long term. Like, they were thinking immediate like they are now but in that case they were like i guess i guess the approach because today they're still they're they're not thinking long term they're like how much can oh. i make right now yeah. do whatever do it now. but back then they were like well who cares if dick grayson ages in real time or in enough time so that in 1999 he would be 55 years old like it wouldn't make any sense but who gives a shit it's 1980 like you know what i mean like who cares um uh, this cool new costume design uh, yes and back then i'm sure they thought it was very cool um but uh but dick <laughs> was never going away yeah no one's gonna no one's gonna not want this popped collar and this plunging neckline 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but Dick has gone through some significant changes. Uh, and, I mean, I would argue that he hasn't gone through more changes than he did during DiDio's tenure. Never keep the same job, though. He's never had that. Mm-hmm. He's guy, a cop. cop, circus owner, instructor. Exactly. Uh, so he worked at a casino for a bit. See, uh, and and he he worked was at the he was Nightwing. He was Robin. He was Batman. Uh, he was a super spy, and that was your example that you mentioned was super spy Dick Grayson. Yeah. Uh, that happened. People hated, but I actually think Seeley and King wrote a pretty damn compelling story, almost in spite of that. Like, this is one of those things where people say, this is too much change, and maybe it is, but not all change is bad. Right, and uh, and we were on guard during that time. Like, we were reading and making yeah. commentary when Dick Grayson became a super spy. And uh, so you remember, and I'm sure you were more plugged into it than I was, what was the initial, re- what was the, what was the prevailing fan reaction to Grayson? Oh, people were pissed. It's different and I don't like it now was the thing. And DC is stupid for doing this. Why couldn't he have just stayed Nightwing? Why did they out his secret identity? Couldn't they just fix it? And indeed, by the end of that run, they fixed it. Right, right. Okay, well, fixed because, like you said, Celia and King gave you a compelling, cool story about Grayson as a super spy. Like, as it turns out, they probably made new fans for Dick that weren't yeah. Nightwing fans. The most hardcore Nightwing fans were just happy to be able to keep reading about him. They were just happy he wasn't killed off, which is what everyone thought was going to happen anyway. And in fact, many times was the idea. I think even this newest time with Rick Grayson, they wanted to kill him. But then they're like, nah, just make him a fucking amnesiac, do whatever. Yeah, I was actually just reading an interview with DiDio that he gave not too long ago where he was talking about his his big pitch for Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis going back a ways, but that apparently he was like, we got to break up the Trinity. What would bring the Trinity back together? Killing Dick Grayson because each member of the Trinity has a very distinct relationship with Dick Grayson. And so it would it would bring them together. And I was like, you're right. not wrong. But what's your Everyone problem? Everyone loves Dick. Like, but, yeah, but what is your, what's your issue with him? And, of course, he's said numerous times, like, Dick Grayson presents a problem for Batman because Batman can't age. And if he has a 20-something-year-old psychic, that means that Batman had to have been, like, has to be in his 40s. Batman is old. I must be ancient. And I don't like that. <laughs> That's, I think that we're, get, we're touching on the, the, the core of the problem people have with significant changes to a character. And when, when too much change... Like, which, how much change is too much change? Because, you know, there's a status quo change for some people. Like, you give Dick Grayson a costume change, people, you know, some people are complaining. But most of the people are like, I mean, it's a cosmetic change, okay. So, when you're trying to define how much change is too much, you know, costume change, maybe not too much. Unless you're messing with a significantly iconic design. Look at Superman. Superman's gone through many different iterations in terms of costume shifts. You give him... But then you change his power set and make him blue. And suddenly that is a major departure. And having read some of the Superman Blue era, I can tell you, it kind of (laughs) sucked. Which didn't help. Yeah, that's the thing, is that it was clearly done because they were like, we have... Superman is only sustainable, according to DC in 1996 or 4, was if we keep throwing stunts at him. 
Right, right. That's the only way to make him interesting. And it's a problem they still have today. Right. Well, I think it's a problem that they think they have. Because original graphic novels by Superman sell very well. Uh, self-contained stories sell very well. Uh, Man or Superman was, was, was well, did, sold pretty well. It wasn't like top five, but it was still a pretty right. good selling book. The issue is month to month, week to week. And the other problem, of course, is... Th- well, this is, this is a Superman tangent, but I, I will indulge it because I think it's important. Um, I was reading, like, literally less than a week ago, somebody was like, Superman's irrelevant and boring, and I don't like him. Like, pe- I- I'm like, how can people still be saying that when you have two literal versions? Like, in the comics, you have you have Superman. In the mm. movies, you have Cavill. And people love, and I, I like Cavill as Superman. I think he does a nice job. But, like, it's a very different Superman from the Superman that, like, oh. comic book fans would say that they like. And uh, so you you have, like, the Superman who's willing to kill, who is darker, more brooding, uh, and you have the Superman who's, like, bright and hopeful and whatever. And so it's like, what what, what do you want? We have all, you, we have both versions you want. I don't think those people actually want anything. I think anyone who says the Superman is boring and irrelevant, da-da-da-da-da, they're just saying some shit they've heard before to try and sound smart. The, oh, look at me. You know, I, I, I spit on your sacred cow, basically. I was one of those people. As a kid, I was like, Superman's lame, boring, he's a fascist. Uh, you know, of course I read Dark Knight Returns uh, you know, when I was 13, so I was like... You know, I had an opinion about Superman, and it was just Frank Miller's opinion on Superman, and it was only Frank Miller's depiction of Superman in a dark, grizzled, anarchist Batman book. Uh, right. And it was only until I got older where I'm like, it's easy to be Batman. You know, if you're just angry enough, you can trick yourself into, like, pushing your body to the test and, like, and, and, and hurt people. It's um, hard to be Superman, but we need Superman. I like that take a whole lot. You grow into that opinion where it's like, no, I I think it's like, you know, once life comes at you and you feel less invincible, it's like, man, I wish there was a Superman who would swoop on in and help me out and, you know, who was good and incorruptible and moral and always did the right thing and, you know, was not corrupted by his amazing power but vindicated by his amazing power. Right, like the easiest thing in the world is to write Brightburn or any other Superman deconstruction story. Uh, like, because you have literal human examples of people with the, 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 the most minuscule modicum of power and how they go completely, like, crazy town banana pants over it. Like, oh, yeah. if you go to the library and you don't have uh-huh. a library card, you will experience a totalitarian authoritarian. Like, <laughs> if, if you know what I mean? If you don't sort your recyclables properly, you will hear it oh, from yeah. someone. Uh, so if you just go like, well, what if I took that person and gave them the ability to shoot lasers out of their face? Like, boom, you have a Superman deconstruction story. It's hard to write Superman. And I would argue that like, it's hard to pick a good Superman author, author, but they, they exist and there are many of them and they all want work. So just give it to them. And it's for all those reasons. It's for all those reasons and more too, I think Superman never be irrelevant and why he stuck around for like 80 plus years is this idea that you know hey truth justice all that good stuff it never goes out of style because we're always wanting it maybe if we create a utopia then yes superman will seem old hat and everything and seem like ned flanders but until we get there i'm gonna occasionally want to read a story about a dude who fixed everything and did his job competently and good well, and just because he fixes yeah. he fixes the problem or he finds a way doesn't mean that the story has to be Superman shows up and everything is okay. 
Like there has, there yeah. can be conflict, and it's okay for there to be conflict. But Absolutely. anyway, uh, but but when it comes to Superman, that's a fundamental shift. Like I think that you change any element about Superman, and suddenly you are gonna get, you're gonna screw something up. It's like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, whereas like if you change Harley Quinn, it's like okay, clearly you want to like she's marketable. She was a person who put bombs in like Nintendo 3DSs and killed children. Yes. But she's yes, she also <laughs> the fourth pillar of the DC universe and sells crazy great for like, you know, Harley Quinn themed bikinis at Hot Topic and backpacks. Like, so we gotta we gotta soften her image and make her a little more marketable. And I would argue that like DC Universe is the most successful attempt. Yes. Yes, without a doubt. And uh, I think the thing too with Harley Quinn, like, uh, could have made that made sense. The problem is, is as we mentioned before, the comic industry has no patience. They did it too quickly where it's like, okay, new 52, Suicide Squad number one, new costume, uh, new attitude. She's an anti-hero now. Go, 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 go. We'll fill in the blanks later where it's like, no, actually tell a story with this. Like, like the TV show did over two seasons of her, you know, leaving the Joker and trying to establish herself. And, you know, how does that make her feel? How does she interact as a person and everything? It's like that was good and i love that the tv shows like no no we saw the mistake the comics made and now we're gonna do a better version of it and they did yeah 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 i mean yeah that's the well with it when it comes to harley when it comes to poison ivy's depiction for for a long time it's one of my favorite depictions of her um but anyway okay. the, but the fact is like how much change is too much change when it comes to harley i think that like with a harley character you know again it, it's speaking kind of like too generically because i would argue like most Harley Quinn characters or fans in the beginning were fans of Arlene Sorkin's portrayal of the character. Oh yeah, I gotta love it. And the design of the character. Like just stellar. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a pitch perfect design, especially from the animated series. Like that from that picture you're just like, oh my God, like how did you how did you design that like it just it just became something something like kind of distilled and perfect. Um Sorkin's portrayal, Dini's writing Gave you a character who was sympathetic, mm. uh, mischievous, damaged. and damaged and dangerous. Um, kind of, and because it was on television, she could never quite be as terrible as as you would argue she has to be to be the the, right. the girlfriend of the Joker. Hang with the Joker, yeah. So once she gets to comics, particularly DC comics, uh, she has to be as psycho as the Joker, or at the very least, as homicidal. And that, right. that that change, it's, it was one of the first major changes. Like, when you brought her into the comics, you had to make her, you had to explain it. And comic book Joker is mm -hmm. different from cartoon Joker and sure. can go further and has done worse. Uh, so giving him a girlfriend changes the whole dynamic of the Joker character. So that also changes the Joker. And I would argue that any change to, like, for me, it's like, if you have totemic, like, archetypes, making significant changes to those things is sacrilege. And I, I don't really, like necessarily believe that but i certainly have a visceral reaction to it as though that were the case whenever i hear oh right, changing right. batman superman spider-man harley or not harley but like the joker uh you know green goblin like we're gonna make it a woman and she's gonna be like uh liz allen you know like like that's a different character. Right. Like, you know, what are you doing? Um, you know, like, it's a different kind do, of... Do, do you have a Liz Allen as Green Goblin pitch? Because I am I am interested. It you literally just, my interest, I was just sir. like, I was like, well, that makes perfect sense, actually. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, no, Liz Allen could be Green Goblin. Yeah. That's a great pitch. 
finds Harry's goblin shit. Maybe Harry freaks out and he's like, oh no, have I been the green goblin again and forgetting about it? And she's like, yes, honey, yes, you have been, but it was actually her. Yeah. I would actually. Oh, that's a good story you just wrote. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, because we've seen she's already like nefarious and uh, has predilections towards evil. Uh-huh. Plus, you get the fun element of Peter Parker fighting against Green Goblin. Liz Allen was his first crush. They grew up together. They've like you know he was he was at her wedding. Like he was be- he was best friends with her husband. Like they have a they have a, they have a kinship and a relationship. And it would be interesting to see a Green Goblin Spider Man fight. So okay, it turns out that any change is. It, it, like I, I think for Be me, made to work. that's the headline of the whole thing is any change is green or like greenlit to go if it's a compelling enough story. And I think work that at, that's the problem. Yeah. If the story is like, story first, change second, like we should be more mm, concerned with go. telling a good story than we are with preserving the integrity of these characters. Um, Far too often, it's the other way around. It's, you know, look, I, I have a cool image. I have something that I think will sell. We'll figure out the story later. Again, bring it back to Harley. That's literally what they did. We don't know why she's different now. We don't know why we changed her origin to why her skin is bleached now. But we'll we'll figure it out later, and we'll put Adam Glass on it. He'll, he'll figure it out because he's good with this, well, I guess. <laughs> and I don't even necessarily agree. Like, I don't think that that's a good policy to have overall, you know, as the marching orders for the book because – at that point, then you get a bunch of people who don't get the character who just wanted to tell you a story about, like, Grim Knight, uh, where it's like, what if Batman were the Punisher? I love Batman, but I wish he was just, like, would, he would ditch the, like, the lame, no-killing rule and just start mowing people down. It's like, dude, you like the look of Bat. you think Batman looks awesome, and you like the Punisher. Like, that's not the same thing as loving Batman. So you need, you need to have an, uh, like one foot in preservation of the integrity of the character and the rest of you in compelling-ass story. Like, mm-hmm. And you could do a story where you're like, here's Batman, he's lost it, he's killing people. But right. you need to also have that mentality or, or oversight, editorial oversight to say, uh-huh. you can't do – like, or not even you can't do that, but like, how are you going to square the circle of – the genie back yeah well not even like because i hate to think like how are you gonna put it back because you at the end of every story i see like oh and there's how you could put it all back um status quo is always returned in comics which is another thing i've always felt where it's like look i don't like this change now give it a couple years and i'm sure it'll be back to normal because everything goes back to normal Especially in DC, which is predicated on crisising and taking everything back to one. Well, that's certainly the reason why one should never be too upset about a change to a character. Yes. The only time nothing else away from this episode, right? Is to like tone, like you know, dial it back a little bit. If you see a significant shift or change to your character, know that it will go back. The only time I'm really worried about it is when it's reflected in the movie, because the movie. Yeah. Reaches a larger audience, and the movie people don't give a shit about your comic book, your source material, so, or, your, or or the readers of those comic books. So for them, they're like, if it works for like, we, they could literally be like, we're gonna do No Man's Land for the movie for the new Batman movie, right? Uh, right. They're not gonna do that because it doesn't right. make any sense. But like, let's just say they were like, we're gonna do No Man's Land. Um, that's why there's so many villains in it, and blah blah blah. But the second. Any element, and they could go. We're gonna do it, and we love the story. I love Chuck Dixon. Ah, da, da. But the second that it gets slightly inconvenient, or 
a producer or a writer or an actor says, nah, I really want to see such and such, or I don't want to do that. It's out the window. It's gone. It's gone. And it could be a fundamental thing that if you pull that out, completely tumbles the house of cards. And so, mm-hmm. but they're, and they're going to go, well, we have to fix this, this, this. And then suddenly it becomes a completely different thing. Um, oh my, uh, they, and they don't perfect. care. For example, uh, Green Arrow, when I stopped reading it for a long time, because they're like, hey, that show's really popular. Let's get the writers from the show to write the comic. And I'm like, no, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, what are you doing? I, 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 show, yeah. I'm still reading the book because I don't want to watch the show. What are you doing? Green <laughs> Show Arrow is completely different. Um, comic book arrow and i was enjoying the thing that came before yeah well we're stopping it now fuck you <laughs> and uh i guess you and i guess you're just gonna have to deal with it oh you're not buying that well i guess we'll just have to reboot him again another time then and that's the thing like, we'll just keep rebooting this to death. you can't count on it on those changes not appealing to the widespread audience so they'll just go back mm-hmm. to the thing you like um but yeah, but I think that ultimately, like, it all goes back. Like, it all eventually, ret- like, it's plastic. It will all return to its original shape. Um, Captain Marvel you had on this list, it's a great example. Um, because she... Uh. Carol Danvers has gone through so many changes, shifts, and alterations over the years. Oh, yeah, from binary to everything else in between to you know uh giving birth to her abuser's child and everything else there's there's a lot to where she was the x-men's friend and had no powers for a bit yeah when you stop and think about it she lived a crazy fucking life carol i would argue that the only thing that's consistent about carol danvers is that she is heavily damaged oh like i i she is one of those characters that we mentioned earlier that I th- I think she's one of those characters that has gone through too much change too quickly through too many iterations of her character and such has no discernible identity. The- they can never stick with anything. Her solo series has gone through like several writers in so many years and that's because like we just we just can't figure anything out and they can't figure anything out because the biggest thing that happened to her character was in Civil War II which was Bendis's baby and his idea and the person writing Captain Marvel at the time had no say and no input in it and they're like well just fucking deal with it and apparently that happens a lot in comics I know uh, yeah. M- Marguerite Scott talked about that it's like oh yeah they took that girl away from me for uh, what is it Heroes in Crisis and this other event Leviathan it's like yeah well right around it sorry yeah no, yeah. If you're not uh, in the, you know, in the inner circle, you're screwed. You may not be in, be invited to the summit. Just so hard to believe. Hey, we're doing art and we're doing characters and stories and like, okay, well, here's what one person came up with. Now you have to finish it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's frustrating about Civil War Two, of course, is that Civil War Two shouldn't have existed and only existed because a movie called Civil War is coming out. And rather than like Marvel producing like a beautiful prestige format oversized edition of the original civil war slap a $40 price tag on it and get a bunch of cash and recapture the the enthusiasm the excitement and the fun of that seminal moment in marvel's history that influenced a friggin movie they had to put out a friggin new book that has a flimsy premise that also tries to simultaneously paint Captain Marvel as the villain while also signal boosting that character so that people are aware of her enough so they could see the movie with her in it. And it's like, you can't make that work with that character if you want us to sympathize with her. 
fucking backward and i'm sure too in the back of their mind they're like yeah well iron man was kind of damaged coming out of the original civil war because he was basically the villain by the end of that but you know he bounced back and had a huge movie so i don't see why that won't happen to captain marvel no what is good for the goose is not good for the gander they are two completely different characters you cannot just roll the dice and hope that works and also people were mad at like iron man until like world war hulk <laughs> took a long he- time <laughs> He started acting right. I remember for the long time, I'm like, oh, this fucking asshole, Tony. And again, it helped that the movie was really good. I'm like, hey, Tony's fun and cool again, everybody. When every writer who had Tony in their books was like, he's a dick. That was his marching orders for like a long time. Yeah, but Stark had a foundation. He has a he has a very iconic origin that you he- that you can recite within a sentence. His story is relatable and understandable and interesting and 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 no matter how much history and junk you pile onto iron man no matter how many suits he goes through at the end of the day it's about a billionaire industrialist who gets into the war business who gets hurt by the weapons that he built and builds a weapon that you know what i mean like it's about him like it's damn near shakespearean exactly it's about him overcoming the thing that he built that is really his his bane that's the core of the character Carol is, she was a she was a soldier, who mm. who got the powers of somebody else and like some part of him imprinted onto her, and so she got powers like him, and she called us and like the only thing that's cool about Captain Marvel is the thing that they threw away, which was the Ms. Marvel identifier, but thankfully they kept it up by giving it to Kamala, but like Ms. Marvel. Ms. was it was Ms. Ms. as a moniker, as a as a as a you know, as an affect was incredibly like recent when it comes to Mister Miss. When it comes to those identifiers, Ms. is relatively new and was invented as a genderless, well, not genderless, but like as a not gender specific identifier because Mrs. says you're married. It identifies a woman immediately. Miss or Mrs. identifies whether the woman is available or not. At the end of the day, uh-huh. that's what that means. Ms. is the, she is not, a, we, it is just the professional moniker for a woman. So it says, you don't know whether I'm attached or not, but it doesn't matter you're addressing me as a peer or as a, like, as uh, a ne- professional. Absolutely. Now, I always really like the Captain Marvel change because her costume is fucking dope as hell. It's a cool costume. Especially when she had the mohawk. That's ultimately That's a big booster of the mohawk. The best thing that worked for her is the costume. I mean, and the deconic thing and ever, because there was a writer who cared, was interested in, like, look, this is the new status quo now. Right. She's the captain. We're going to have to deal with this. You know, it's her coming to meet the world. But, like, I don't think every sequential writer after that really put as much thought into that or as effort or, you know, didn't, didn't have something to prove. It's just like, well, she's one of the characters now. Like, I think Captain Marvel needs something to prove. And again, I, I haven't been keeping up with the newest arc where it's like, you know, what if what if she became a villain, which is an interesting change in and of itself? Because it's like, look, everyone in the universe fucking hates her anyway now because of Civil War II and we're dealing with it. Let's let's lean into this. Let's do a goddamn wrestling storyline now. She's, <laughs> she's turned heel. She's not taken anymore. She's hitting people with chairs and doing run-ins. And maybe if we make her a really cool villain we can start turning her back into a hero again oh i think that's the worst idea you could possibly have for that character uh but at least it's an idea that they're that they're executing as opposed to it doesn't work change gears change gears again change gears again like changing it constantly is way more tumultuous and terrible than 
going in one direction and being like, we have an end game for this character. It's, it's why the character has been a mess. And even then, they're not honoring it in other books is the other problem. It's like, but why is she still on the Avengers, though, and acting <laughs> like everything's fine if she's like the last Avenger ever? <laughs> she's an Empire. She's, oh. She's just on the Avengers and Empire. So, screw you. I did like her back and forth with Swordsmaster, though, where he's just like, uh, oh, I mean, if Rogue Katati were killing people, it wouldn't be a problem, right, Carol? You know a thing or two about breaking eggs, don't you, Carol? Yeah. She's like, thanks. I, I think that when it comes to the, but when, when it comes to change, you know, like any, like, there was too much change applied to that character. And as a result, we're having this conversation where it's like, what do you do with Carol Danvers? The movie people want to make a movie. What the hell story do I, what book do I give them for her, right? The Brian Reed story? No. Uh, you know, the older story from the 70s? No. Uh, Civil War II? No. Really I guess the Conic story? Because, like, it's the only one where they were like, where they knew they were going to make a movie. So they're like, let's start doing this. Like, it's it's weird. And I feel like with Carol specifically, with characters that you're trying to, like, push. You know, like, Marvel's like, we don't have a Wonder Woman. It's She-Hulk. But, like, we don't have a Wonder Woman. What do we do? You give them a book. You give them a, a hungry writer who loves the character. You hear the pitch. You accept the pitch. And then you say, regardless of sales, we're publishing this book. You do a Young Justice out of it. Because Young Justice was a book that was made specifically to build a foundation of new readers. And they were like, I don't care how it sells. The point is we're in it for the long haul. We're here to make new readers. And we're going to yeah, get a new audience. Shit. And then 10 years later, we're going to bitch slap all of them. Like constantly. Like, okay, here we are. We're all the readers that you built from this foundation. Well, screw all of you. Um, but Again, anyway. total lack of editorial control, too, where Bendis is like, I want Captain Marvel to be the bad one in this one. But why, though? We have so much planned for her right now. I, I want to derail her for, like, a, God, how long ago was the Civil War II? It feels like it's been going on for Yeah. Yeah. I, I would argue that editorial like the next eight years. I don't know it was Bendis' fault. I don't, I don't remember. I didn't read the, any interviews. But, like, I would say that Marvel probably told him, you have to, you have to boost Captain Marvel. It's got to be Captain Marvel. But she's, oh, she's another man. character where too much change. Um, we have a ton of super chats, and I don't, we need to take a minute if you don't mind. Um, All right. Now sounds good. Gabe Simmons says, thanks for keeping me sane through the lockdown. Chance of super heavy back issues. Would love to see the guys and Tiffany laugh at Batmanium. Yeah, we're going to do super, uh, super heavy someday. Tiffany really enjoyed super heavy, more than me, certainly. And uh, I'd like to see her perspective on that because she likes Mr. Bloom. She likes that idea. And ar arguably, I read the end of it recently, and I was like, it was pretty okay. Like, it was, it was kind of neat. Um, so we will see that. We will, we will see that one day. Uh, Edward Bedore says, uh, sometimes a change is straight up just a bad idea. When Captain America was revealed as a Hydra agent and everyone was understandably mad. Joel... I think it led to a great story that is only more topical and more relevant now than it's ever been. I, I also made people give a shit and pay attention to Captain America, which they hadn't been because the last two uh, like volumes that they had done actually didn't sell well and no one was paying attention to him. Sometimes you got to upset the apple cart. And they were going to put it back. Like it wasn't the, the reveal wasn't that Captain America was always a Hydra agent. And that Steve Rogers is a liar. The reveal is we used time travel and changed it. Like, yes. that's, I, I don't understand why people are so mad about them changing. Enough on it. Because you could, they could do the same thing to Spider-Man. They yep. could literally do the same thing to Spider-Man where an asshole goes back in time 
Hell, the Goblin of two twenty two ninety nine or whatever the hell, the one with the retcon bombs, goes back in time, yes. and he doesn't go back in time to kill Uncle Ben. He goes back in time when Uncle Ben was a kid, and he kills his his father and makes Uncle Ben a grizzled, angry, right. bitter bastard. So that when Uncle Ben dies in Peter's arms, he's like, "Kill them all, Peter." And so Peter becomes like, "Kill a, them all, Peter." And so he becomes a psychopath, and like, so you you have Spider Man has always been, and he's like, "With great power comes great opportunity," and so he just like becomes this complete opportunist Ooh. dipshit, and you people are like, "What's going on with oh, Spider Man?" I mean, you did that with Superior Spider Man already, but like, I would be like, "This is," you know, I'd be upset, but like, it doesn't change who Spider Man is. Another someone else changed that, like, good. Absolutely. And, and Superior, another story people hated that was very good and got me interested in Spider-Man again when I didn't give a shit for years. Yes. In fact, I would argue, was it the best thing Dan Slott wrote in his time in Spider-Man? It's definitely the one I think about the most. Certainly. And even though I was like waiting for Peter to come back because I want to read about Peter when I read a Spider-Man book, I understand how well that sold and how it's like, if you can make a Spider-Man who's like willing to kill, who's a dickhead, and it appeals to people... And your Marvel, who publishes like 40 books a month. Why not just keep it going? Do it years after the fact. Especially since they did that. Like, Scarlet Spider was Kane in Texas, and it didn't sell. But if Superior selling, and they move him to the West Coast or something, or Seattle, or Texas, or who gives a shit, and it sells, put that shit out. Give everyone a spider-man if it sells i mean it doesn't make any sense to me that they would be like no 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 and then it's over and then they bring it back later and then they make it go away again like silly see my problem actually is when they did bring back superior they actually changed his character too much no longer was he the auto that learned a lesson whose heart was opened by love of Anne marie now it's like nope it was a backup of him so he's still a dickhead i knew that was coming I have to learn these lessons all over again. I knew that was coming. I saw it coming from a mile away when they used when they set up the backup. I'm like, oh, the backup that doesn't go through the catharsis. <laughs> uh, Ryan Craig, when Pietro and Wanda weren't Magneto's kids, then they were, then they weren't again for either Original Sin or Axis, and now they are again. I think they are not. It was in Axis, and uh, yeah, that sucks. Still not as kids. Yeah, they're still not as kids. In fact, totally Hickman didn't fix it. Oh, he didn't. He had the chance when he's like, nope, in fact, she is She is the great betrayer. She is the great outsider now, Scarlet Witch. She is the boogeyman of Krakoa. And I'm like, that's a fucking interesting take, actually. Yeah, it's more interesting than them just fixing it. Than, than Pietro and Wanda coming out of the eggs and being like, oh, yay! Which I wanted, but, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, make <laughs> I had this funny thing in my mind where Magneto's like, I spat in the test tube a little bit. You're technically my kids now. Cool, cool. Dude, here's the here's the reveal. You ready for this? They are mutants, but they needed a boogeyman. Mm. Ooh, and she's like, I'm willing to do this for you, father. I'm willing to take this hit. Yeah. This will be my cross to bear yeah. for mutant there's kind. Like a, there's like a meeting with, uh, you know, in wherever Magneto's place is, like, where... The, uh, oh. It's a it's a textless scene. It's like the backup of any X-Men title right now where you got Wanda doing her Wanda thing. Mm. A Krakoan teleport portal opens up. Right. And Wanda just walks through it. Ah, uh, that that's true. That's all you need. There you go. <laughs> and then you reveal the other on the other side, it's a flashback story where Magneto's where where Magneto tells them like you can't come to paradise because we we you can serve a greater like a greater purpose and don't tell Wait. your brother 
every every society needs its devils needs their you know antithesis to fight against you know will you will you carry this burden and you right. have scarlet Witch being like you know i still feel kind of bad for house of x and everything like okay right. like this will literally be my cross to bear exactly i think that's awesome um paul baker now i want to hear sales secret x-man pitch i do not have an x-man pitch um although is he i i see i think i've seen him in a couple of wide shots in some of the dawn of x titles but i don't know if they're doing anything with him hanging out i have know. no idea and i don't really have one i just i liked x-man when he was spider-man's buddy and they just hung out sometimes <laughs> uh nathan e just on break at work and since i rarely get to catch the old the elder statesman of the youtube comic world that's very kind of you to say thank you uh i live uh alive i want to throw you some duck some ducats your way thanks for everything you guys do thank you nathan you're very very kind and generous we do appreciate it man uh get back to work you 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 you, you, you lay about, you lays about. Uh, Meow Nan, de-aging characters. <laughs> Meow Nan, de-aging mm. characters. Looking at you, Tony Stark. De-aging characters is, yeah, I mean, like, but at the same, on the same token, JSA. Yeah. You know? It's true. And, you know, aging up characters, too. I know people are still very upset about what happened to, uh, what is it, Superman's son. Yes, Jonathan Kent, Superboy. Uh, aging him up. But they didn't. They could they could undo that. They could undo that in a heartbeat. Easily enough. Easily enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if I was a writer, he's a fake. Yep. Oh, not even a fake. Just a fake the whole time. Just the Legion goes back in time and saves Superboy. Oh yeah, there you go. Boom, like, easy. Yeah, they they could fix it in any number of ways. Um, but yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, Cyberpunk, hey guys, here's some love for my favorite YouTubers. Thank you very much, Cyberpunk. I liked Galactus hey, as Lifebringer, but understand why he had to change back. Also, Cat Beast was a face palm. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Galactus being a herald in a previous universe you're never going to see from a, from a big monster that he's going to have to fight at the end of the story and then die, is that more or less of a significant change than flipping him entirely from being a planet well, destroyer to a Lifebringer? There you go, Trina. He's already undergone quite a few big ass changes and already. Love that change, and it, maybe it's about like maybe it doesn't matter how big the change is as long as it's totally dope and written really well. <laughs> I, I think that's the big takeaway here. Any change can work if you've thought about it enough. Yeah, the cat beast thing. People like cat beast, but I think that it's not because it's a fundamental element of Henry Henry McCoy's character. I think that it started as a, no, screw it, make him a cat man. Uh, and people were like, I don't know the difference. Like, not that I don't know the difference between between Beast designs, but more like, uh, like when I started reading X-Men, it was new, new, it was new X-Men and he's cat beast. That's my cat, that's my, that's my beast. I guess I like him. And right. I don't, I haven't seen previous Beast for long enough. I don't have an attachment to that previous Beast. Like, I'm never given an, exa- an, an option. So I don't know yeah. not to like it. Fair. I mean, I don't know, but uh, but that's a cosmetic change that just because they refused to change it back long enough became a change that people like. Speaking of Beast, what do we think about him now? Basically, being the Amanda Waller of X Force, I think some people have a problem with that, saying that he's too unlikable now. To where I'm like, actually, this is kind of where they've been leading his character for a long time now. If we think about it, he. Kind of, uh, what is it? Uh, helped the Hydra occupation during Secret Empire. Yep. He did the whole time travel stuff. He joined the Illuminati yep. because Xavier's like, look, you're the only one who could be cold and logical about this. I'm trusting you with it. And I'm like, that all kind of tracks. 
character. I mean, I know we always like the, oh, my stars and garters piece, but I think he hasn't actually been that guy in a very long time. No, not for at least 20 years. Uh, I, I like that beast, uh, and I, but I want, I do miss old beast. And I think that if they were ever to, to fix it after the fallout of all this, you know, he, he regresses and then he joins the Avengers, like put him on the Avengers again. Would like that a lot. You know what else they need to do? They need to do like a journey into the mind's eye with Beast where he sits and talks with all the older versions of himself. And of course, they all have different designs and everything. And you can throw Dark Beast in there totally. too. It's it's a whole issue where he just argues about the decisions he's made in his life and yep. why. It's, it's just him talking to himself. I love it. KB, New 52 Superman, no marriage, no secret identity. Yeah. I mean, people loved that change, though, and that's we that that speaks mostly to the Superman conversation we had, which is that people people want to like Superman, but some people want to like him because they want because they're because they're power scalers, like they they just want a character who is Superman. They want a character that everyone looks up to, agrees with, and likes, but also is totally awesome and would do the same thing with their powers that they would do with them. Uh, Delapo Fiemi says. Uh, I know Null is the villain on X of Swords. Uh, would really solidify Cates' to have Apocalypse's first threat be him instead of making it a random demon. Um, is Null the villain in, X, in Ten of Swords? It's, if that was announced, oh, sorry, I didn't says, hear I hope, it yet. I'm sorry, it says, I hope Null is the villain. Oh. Uh, I would love for there to be synergy between what Cates and Aaron are doing with the Marvel Universe and what Hickman is doing with the X-Men form or section of the Marvel Universe, particularly because Empire is about spacefaring Avengers fighting plant people. Yeah. Like, you mean the Katadi are not going to merge with, the, with Krakoa? Or is that going to be the big reveal at the end? I think we we are getting some X Men one shots. They cut a bunch of books, but they didn't cut the X Men one, so they will be involved somehow. Yeah, I would love for it to be that like Apocalypse had to like bury the like had to separate Krakoa and Crab or uh, Araco uh, because he was fighting the Black Winter or no, that'd be fine. But I think we're heading. We're gonna yeah. find out what that is. I assumed the villains were going to be the original horsemen that they set up, the original four who were more powerful than any others, who got who got dragged into hell, and now they're coming back bigger, stronger, and angrier. Exactly. Uh, Taylor Petcher, funny thing about that Infinite Crisis pitch, Johns had pretty much served Superboy up on a silver platter because he didn't want to kill Dick Grayson. It's nice. Oh, oh, I believe it. Good. Um, My... Take my ill-begotten son, Connor. <laughs> he yeah. will die for your sin. <laughs> uh, Super Pooper Sam becoming Falcon again was disappointing for me. Yeah, a lot of people were pretty disappointed. By I mean, that. I don't... Yeah, because it it's a step down. You can't move backwards in a story. And even though they tried really hard and they got Barnes to write, he's like, no, this is Sam getting back to his roots, man. He's, you know, helping the people in the communities that need him. Like, he was doing that already as Captain America just changed his suit like again he should have like you could go back to having the falcon name but keep the goddamn suit i mean it worked there was two captain americas before we have multiple spider-man why why can't we have two captain americas why not? right and and for a little while we kind of did uh we should <clears throat> so yeah i agree with that um heartless now Man. where's falcon he's not in anything. exactly now they're not doing anything with him what the hell but they bungled the shit out of that. You know he's going to be coming back in something in time for that show. Like if there was, a, I know, there, I know there's the Falcon Winter Soldier mini, but I'm like, really? They just get a mini? 
no, they have to bring him back. Or the very, especially given where his trajectory should go. Yes, apparently Iron Patriot is coming back soon in yeah. uh, Captain America. Yeah, that's cool. Which is weird that that comes back before Falcon Cap. Agreed. Uh, Heartless Fang, it'd be cool if Superman or Batman got the Spider-Man-like story treatment. They kind of have, I mean, it, not in the same yeah. way, and it's like decades old, but like they've done a couple of stories about like Batman and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, for those characters, it'd be fine. You, I've seen the Superman-like story treatment. Alex Ross did an epilogue to Kingdom Come. It has no text. For me, that is Superman Life oh. Story. Look it up. It's friggin' It's amazing. difficult. Yeah. It's difficult, too, to do the life story treatment in the DC universe because it's like they're not the world outside your window, though. They didn't live through Vietnam and all these other things. They may have had stand-ins to those things, but it's not the same where it's like, no, Spider-Man was there when Vietnam was going on. He was there when the towers came down and everything else. He's been there for every moment in American history. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, 94 Evangelion, a darker tone to a lighthearted character. If Carol was killed off and have Kamala be the new Captain Marvel and her adventures turn cosmic and dark. Smiley face. You know that's in their back pocket, and I hope they don't do it because that <laughs> means aging up Kamala, and I think she works really well as a teen hero. Don't, don't be taking teen heroes away from the people who need them. But what if G. Willow Wilson has a really solid Ms. Marvel becomes Captain Marvel pitch? Is that too much change, or is it, uh, you know, is it is it going to be worth it because it's a dope story? I would trust her with it. Here's the thing. What they should have done from the beginning, E. Willow Wilson just should have been allowed to write Captain Marvel, too, and bring the two books closer together. Yeah. That's what it should have been. Why they didn't do that is beyond me. I agree. I'm sure they just didn't think of it. They just didn't, didn't think about the synergy that was required to make those characters symbiotically work. Um, like it got even weirder to us like and now Kamala has to move further away from Captain Marvel because she's like so like she's bringing down your stock just being around her exactly we've done such damage to her. she's supposed to be like you know your progenitor and the person you look up to and it's like uh actually Kamala looks really stupid looking up to Carol right now so let's have them break up over a different issue yeah rebel friend uh the more different stuff i uh, will always intrigue me even if it doesn't always land i commend the creator for trying something like scott snyder doing super like making jim gordon batman again i i like that i think it actually tracks very well with snyder's version of gordon and that is next to batman he's the person who loves gotham most more than anybody exactly uh and and they went in a very interesting direction with it it wasn't the most obvious it wasn't like gordon you know, shows up on the doorstep of Wayne Manor and he's like, we have to talk, you know, Alfred answers, we have to talk. And then, like, he just <clears throat> becomes the de facto Batman. He's in the manor, you know, he's like, this is ridiculous. Like, the corporate Batman. Yeah, yeah, they tr they, they, they turned a fun, interesting RoboCop type story into a Batman book. And, uh, yeah. And I would say, too, the Detective Comics stories were actually slightly better or at least more interesting because they just made it a GCPD book where it's like, no, I'm still going to do my job as commissioner and I'm still going to help out Harvey Bullock and Renee Montoya and everything. It's just now I've got a pimp-ass robot suit to do it. Yeah. No, I would imagine. Was there an element? I didn't really read it. Was, uh, was there a thing where Gordon's like, how come all of my officers don't get these? Yeah, that was definitely a thing there. There was there was a lot of very interesting things in that book. Also, too, that book brought Renee Montoya back, and she's like, oh, I've been in Bloodhaven for a while, and then they never followed up on it. It's just like, she's back. Yeah. 
Cash Money in the Bank, thank you very much for your very generous uh, super chats. We'll jump into that right now. If it doesn't mess with editorial direction of the line and you trust your writers, we should be clamoring for new bold ideas. I don't trust those at the helm of 5G, so it's probably for the best, but it's a little sad we won't get that new direction. There will always be more Bruce Wayne Batman stories, always be a Bendis who doesn't bother to read the retcon. There will always be a Johns who wants to tell new Barry Allen stories. We shouldn't be afraid of something different. Well, I, I think you've, it was very well said. Uh, and I agree that you're going to have a Jeff Johns. You're going to have a Bendis. You're going to have the editorial. And you're going to have somebody who's desperate for change despite the canon. These elements right. are as enduring and totemic as Batman and Superman themselves. Uh, and the thing is, you just need, like, the thing is, what's frustrating to me is the lack of logic. Like, the synergy between Ms. Marvel and, 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 and Captain Marvel, necessary. This, the, the, the idea of, like, I, I remember hearing that 5G was going to be, what was 5G was going to be, and that there was such pushback from the creative side Really interesting. He put their foot down. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No one from the current crop of writers at DC were going to work on 5G. Oh, that's really interesting. With the exception of one, and it was, of course, Bendis. But, like, uh. everybody was like, I don't want to do this. And I'll just leave. And um, Which is why there was talk of them outsourcing to writers from other mediums like movies and television well, to come on in and do it. That was all part of the plan. Or seemingly, or supposedly, uh, but that the appeasement effort was, well, we'll just turn Black Label into an imprint where you will read your Bruce Wayne Batman stories and your Clark Kent Superman stories. Because Black Label is nothing. We've turned it into nothing. Because Black so Label's not? nothing. And so, you know what, actually? Maybe, uh, you know, some of our current writers who do sell books because of their name recognition and their association with the character, maybe they would sell uh, a pretty dope, like, three-issue prestige format oversized edition flash story. You know, and they still would. What are you doing? Again, it has nothing to do with what you think it does. Yeah, but, like, why wouldn't you keep doing that? Uh, But there's a lot of, uh, like... There's a lot of uh, there, there's there's a lack of foresight and planning and uh, and, and logic to a lot of these big status quo changes. Where like all new, all different Marvel, I think I don't think it was an initiative. I'm gonna go out there and say it. I don't think that they, that 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 the the higher ups were like, we got it, all new, all different Marvel. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. I think it was. There are only two or three editors at Marvel. And they don't care because they're overloaded and they're underpaid. And one writer was like, who who could be to- who could not be told no said I want to change this and it'll be a big splash of a lot of money and they were like knock yourself out and he's like holy crap no one's paying attention hey guys you could literally do anything right now and no one will argue with you let's do it all and when editorial got all the pitches and books. In front of them, they were like, oh my god, everything's different. It's all new and all different. Let's call it this! And just put it out as a thing the way that DC actually did plan for the DCU. Where they're like, no, DCU, here's what we're going to do. And this is this. All new, all different Marvels, I would argue, and I, it's all hearsay, it's all made up. I don't know this for a fact. I would just say, I think it was an afterthought. 
Right. Well, I mean, and my thinking of it, too, is that they it feels like despite being called all new, all different, like this is just shit you were doing anyway. You're right. calling it a new rollout when this is this is nothing new. This is just is what's going on at Marvel That's right, right now. That's right. It's just what you were going to do anyway. But the thing you were going to do is change the characters. But like the story and doesn't change. It's not like Batgirl and Burnside, which like, you know was a straight up like it was it was the closest thing to an incontinuity reboot you could possibly come up with oh yeah we aged her down we moved her to a different part of the city yep. oh yeah without, but it all oh. still technically happened but it's straight up a reboot like oh. marvel was like no 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 no, no. it's just you, if you like no, no no buy this brand new book with this brand new looking character on it I, what the fuck is even happening oh read the last 12 issues <laughs> that to truly understand like that is not a new initiative so i i feel like that was not so much an initiative that they were like, we're making changes to, if you, hey, everybody, we can make changes right now and do, like, anything. Let's just do it, quick, before they notice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Punk Pinata. Hey, guys, can't stay long, but since Jim Gordon Batman is in the, the is in the title card, I just wanted to say I loved Gordon's Batman suit. Not the mech, but his suit. Top three of my favorite nice bat suit. suits, actually. It was, a, it was a dope suit. I loved it. I liked it more than the bunny suit. But you know what's funny? The bunny suit kind of grows on me over time. It does. It's got a real chappy thing. I like that he had a gun that shot batarangs because he couldn't throw them as good as Bruce, so he just <laughs> built a gun that did it. I'm a good shot. Yeah, I'm a good shot. I get, one way or another, you're getting hit with a fucking batarang. <laughs> I, I think it would have been more powerful if he shoots bullets. Really? Because Gordon does. He's like, I am... I am registered, I am licensed, I am a good shot, and I'm a police officer. I have a gun. I like that he doesn't because he respected enough about Batman's, you know, legacy that's like, but he wouldn't do it, though. And I'm not going to dishonor this bat, though. I agree. But, like, there is almost nothing about Gordon's Batman that is Bruce Wayne's Batman. It's sh like, if you're going to go that far, go Bucky Cap with it. Uh, yeah, we have Bucky who had no problem busting caps. Exactly. Um, amazing. You know what I think it would become if he did that? He did do that, then he would probably have to come to conflict with the rest of the Bat fan and be like, no, 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 you don't get to walk around with the Bat symbol and shoot people. That's just not how it's done. See what I mean? And then, like, oh, you could have also really adapted Dick, uh, Jason Todd's character. Hey, you know what? Like, maybe Todd's like, finally! And, you know, Gordon's like, you you don't know what you're doing. And then, like, Gordon, like, kind of, like, brings in Todd, kind of trains him up a little bit. Maybe it gives Todd some, like, structure he needs. And then, hey, what if Todd becomes a member of the GCPD? Ooh, Jason Cobb. Yeah. And so he's a deputized member of the Bat family. He becomes Gordon's Robin. Interesting. Like, that would have been an interesting direction for that edge. character. I don't know. And it's like, and then Batman, like, comes back to life and goes, holy fuck, what is even happening? Yeah, for Jason to be like, he was a better father to me than you were. He actually listened to me. Boom. Right? Um, then you and then you have Jim Gordon Jr. being like, but I'm his real son, though. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> and then Jim Gordon Jr. becomes Jason Todd's Joker. Like, because... We, we, because, we just wrote, like, three years of stories. Right? Because Joker isn't Jason Todd's Joker because he doesn't kill him. Yeah. If, if Jason won't kill Joker, then he is not his arch nemesis. Um, 
Amazing Zero, speaking of changes in comics, New 52 Superman. We did address that uh, earlier, but it was before yeah. it got to you. I'm sorry, but thank you very much. Yes, New 52 and Superman. I wasn't reading it. Significant changes. Uh, and also, another big problem was the fact, like, and, and that's another issue with how much change is too much change. When is it too much? When is it not enough? The thing about it is, you know, you need to have a good story. You need to have a decent pitch. You need to have respect for the for the canon, or at the very least for the character. But also, um, when it comes to New 52 Superman, they didn't have a roadmap. So what Morrison oh. was doing was incongruous to what Perez was doing. And wow. so, like, no one knew what the hell was going on. It shows. Especially the reader. Like, the reader's like, what is canon? What isn't? Wh- what is this? In the end, nothing mattered from those books. You could I went the whole fifty new fifty-two without reading a single Superman book and nothing mattered because nothing happened in that book had any ripple effects. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anarchic Arachnid uh, says, As a black man, I am of the opinion Miles Morales and Robbie Reyes are the extent of change creative should make for inclusion, making a new character who has their own power set but fits the brand. So you mm. see now for me. I I appreciate that, and I think that uh, they're they are the good examples of 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 creating characters with the intent of ex- of, of inclusion, while also being like the fact is like for it will we will get more eyes on it, more sales on it, and more representation for those uh, of color if we give them an established brand. They were also born out of a real passion for both of those things, both Felipe Smith and Bendis. Again, you know, we, we crap on Bendis for Civil War too, but no, Miles was his baby and he cared and he took a very long time to tell his story, you know, the way he wanted to tell it and everything. Like, he doesn't even get the suit to, like, how many issues right. in? Like, well, he has a suit. At the very least, he's in a, ba- he's in a Spider-Man costume. But yeah, for a while. Until Nick Fury gives it to him, but uh, yeah, because like there was a story that needed to be tell told in a world that he was setting up, that wasn't just an overnight change. You just don't pick up, and be like, hey, here's the new Spider-Man, Miles. It's like, no, we need to take the journey with Miles for him to become Spider-Man. Yes, and uh, you know that will be more successful than Mosaic. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Mosaic. Like, which was Remember an attempt. Mosaic. It was just like, let me, let me, let's create a new character, person of color, and established in the Marvel brand of like pushing in humans. It didn't sell. Um, I would also Miss Marvel, but I would warn against that, not or, or not doing it every time, because then you don't get things like Milestone, where it's, it's like true. here is an entire pantheon of people of color superheroes that are their own brand that like you like that that you can say like there's my super like there's a superhero looks like me and they're not just black spider-man for for lack of a better term miles has established himself as 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 just spider-man not black spider-man but i'm just saying like in the in the wider in the wider cultural consciousness it's like no no no, one of my favorite characters is static or icon or rocket and it's like right on like who is that? Well, you should read them because they're incredible stories that are written by like people of color themselves or drawn by people of color who like who, which stand toe to toe with established brands. You know? Right. Without because it's like that, once you become part of an established brand, you'll forever be there. Exactly. Uh but these exceptions are successful. Robbie is a, Robbie is the best on-screen ghostwriter. Uh, Miles Morales is yes, yes he is Miles Morales is one of the best is, is the titular character 
or well, there's no actually Spider-Man is not in the title, but like Miles Morales, the main character, one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Because they're actually taking care and they actually seem to know what they have on their hands. Where Robbie, I'm glad he's on the Avengers, but it's like, why did you take it away from Felipe Smith? Why didn't he get to finish his story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jam Call X, if they... Uh, that will always... Oh, I know. <laughs> it's not fair. Like, well... And Aaron doesn't get it. No. Aaron's like, I was told to have a Ghost Rider. I picked the newest one. I clearly got the origin from the TV show because I didn't read the book. I think Aaron just wanted to use Ghost Rider and knew that his Ghost Rider run didn't sell very well, so he just had to use the new Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, Jam Call X, if oh. they used Carol's damaged history to add pathos to her authoritarian tendencies of either arresting, killing, or accusering, and calling it out meaningfully, it would solve many issues. I agree. Yeah, yeah, if they remembered who Carol was and used her tumultuous life to, like, make her, like, be like, this is who I am, or, like, this is, like, we need to make sure that, like, people don't suffer like I did. Yeah. I think it is. I think I think they're also super afraid of making her a killjoy, though. Yeah. But it's like, oh, but if she brings it up every so she'll just be the wet blanket Avenger. I agree, I, and I think they need to be careful of that. But a good writer will make sure to, like, weave that in organically. They don't want her to become how some writers write Green Arrow in bigger Justice League stories, where it's like, oh, here's fucking Ollie the Killjoy again. Here's <laughs> Ollie bringing us all down, stating precedent and mentioning things and, you know, checking us on what we do. Yeah. Uh, Batman Beyond Tim Drake from New 52 and Wally West from Tevia says, uh, you know, yeah, Tim Drake was a significant change that no one wanted. It was, I think, oh. just a way... I think it was... I don't think it was even, like, we want to do this. I think it was, they're going to kill him if I don't put him in Batman Beyond's future. Also, just Tim Drake in general, his new 52 changes that made no sense, but that they dropped anyway and brought back his old origin anyway. Uh-huh. Well, kind of. But they still had to keep, like, you were never a Robin, technically. You always had, an R, like, two R's. Now you're Now you're Drake. When's that going to change? Because everything changes eventually. When is he going to decide this Drake costume is stupid? When is he? Well, hopefully after Metal, they just reboot it. I'm sure they will. They have the perfect opportunity. Every I, I bet you everything's going back to number ones after oh, that. Yeah. Alex I mean, R. We did, a whole episode on it. we did indeed. You should check it out. It's a lot of fun. Alex R., hmm. what are some of your thoughts when the Avengers were changed to the new Avengers, and how would you like them to see changed again? Um, I loved New Avengers. I bought New Avengers. I didn't like the original Avengers. For that change, that was, for me, like, a great idea. I was like, yeah, make them Morrison's Justice League. Like, the most sellable characters on one team. That was exactly what I wanted. It was so not the Avengers. It was so not what Busick was doing. It was so not what Perez would have wanted for the Avengers. But it was exactly what Marvel needed. It was exactly what I wanted. And, oh. uh, and and I think there's room for both. And oh. I think it was proven by having Mighty Avengers and New Avengers side by side. Um, I need New Avengers to come back. I love that team, and I would love for it to be back. Um, oh. I hate Aaron's Avengers. I know you do. I'm, I'm a little gentler to it, but I get what you're saying. I can't. I can't even. Um, but I found the Avengers to be boring and uninteresting and... Some of their stories are really cool, but most of them for me are really boring. But I am not so <clears throat> egocentric that I'm like, change it all because I don't like it. Um, but I am saying like, well, give me what I asked for. Just let them have what they like too. Understand from a multimedia standpoint where it's like, no, this needs to be the team because these are the movie adjacent characters. So they need to be out here in front and we always need to have a book with these characters. Yes. 
but New Avengers does sell month to month better. Multiple Avengers teams. We got Savage Avengers. We got uh, Strike Force, which is basically just another type of Avengers. Yep, yep. Uh, thankfully, they did coalesce all those titles. USA, US Avengers, um, Uncanny Avengers. Like they got rid of all of them. Um, but yeah, Savage Avengers. They're not the event. That's not even an Avengers team. Uh, Algy Try sending some green to this dynamic duo. Thank you very much, Algy. That's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, Louis uh, or Louis Juno Scott Summers' change in comics has been a roller coaster, but I would like to see oh, him as a yeah. new Avenger. I would see him being street level. That'd be fun. That would be fun to see Cyclops on a team like that. I think he's a little too drinking a little too much of the Kool Aid now over in Krakoa for that to happen. But no, I like that idea. I like that a lot. Agreed. Paul Baker, regressing characters is an interesting discussion, but there's so many bad examples of it being done for no real reason, like every character associated with the Batgirl mantle. Yeah, that's, oof, that's fair. Like, can't, can't one of these characters finally, you know, graduate to being Batwoman? No, we have a Batwoman that we're also not doing anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and, and there was a time when you could have had multiple Batwomen during Batman Inc. You had all these bats. So do you think Barbara Gordon deserves her own night winging basically? Like, look, I was Batgirl, but I'm abandoning the Batmantle for something I truly believe in and something else and becoming a more self-actuated character in and of myself. I've argued. Yeah. Oh, and I guess Oracle technically yes. was that. Yeah, uh, I would argue. I've, I have said in the past, I think Tim Drake should be the new Oracle. But if you're not going to do that and you do reboot or reboot like 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 the way Rebirth rebooted, I would have Batgirl become Oracle, but as a as a hero, like as not a, well, she was always a hero, but I'm saying like, but as a costumed character who goes out in the night and kicks people, like, pitch, like be or like lean into the into the mantle, just make her a cool costume. Oracle is not a bad superhero name. Oh, not at all, and it's got like a lot of history, you know, the Greek oracles and everything. What's what's her logo? What's the Greek character for Oracle? Right? That's what she wears on her. I guess an eye, I don't know, like, whatever the Oracle, I mean, like, it's that stupid head thing that I never liked. Um, yeah, that's a problem. If you wear a face on your chest, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could see them making it an O with bat wings because Jason wears a, or, yeah, because, yeah, because Jason wears a friggin' bat, even though he's nothing like a bat character. Um, but uh, A bat hood. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, uh, we'll have to go back to that. I'd like to see an Oracle logo. And design, but yeah. Um, yeah. Fan art community, get on that. How yeah. would you draw? Give us Batgirl Oracle. I think, uh, should, I think it should be Greek because obviously the Greek connection. And, you know, mm. Barbara, she's smart. She respects the classics. You know, she has worked at a library. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the Greek lettering for an O? Um, it's just an O. Ah. Uh, so, sure. yeah. Uh, Dukin says, there's actually a rad design of Captain Kamala in a future from a panel in Cosmic Ghost Rider and has Captain America's shield. Ooh. That makes her Captain America. Would... Not Captain Marvel. But... Uh, oh. uh, I, but I think, Both yeah, I think her name is Captain Kamala. That's funny. Good idea, though. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's basically Captain Marvel's suit, but she's got some of, like, the more fabric 
her costume, some red shoulder pads, and she's got the shield. And it looks like she's got some sort of uh, energy power in the future. I guess she gets that from Carol at some point, which which could work because if Carol got her powers from the original Marvel, what's not to say that Kamala couldn't have had the same situation where the powers went into her? Exactly, exactly. Uh, let me see if I can actually throw that on the screen. All right, here we go. There you go, Captain Kamala. Is that a story they've ever told where, like, uh, Captain Marvel loses her powers again because they go into someone else, and then maybe she has to, like, follow that person around and be like, hey, give me my powers back. No, they should do that. Uh, Taylor Pitch. Be a fun go. story. Maybe that's what grounds her and, you know, uh, what gets her back to her. It's like, you know, I had to keep being Captain Marvel even without my powers, then I get them back. I know that's very trite at this point, but it works. Hey, you know what? It sells. Uh, yeah, they did that to, like, I think Aranya had that happen to her. Uh, call it like the 12 trials of uh, Captain Marvel. There you go. That sells. Uh, Taylor Pester, I feel Renee coming back as the question is great. I feel like she's been such a state of limbo since the New 52 took away all of her development. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad yeah. to see her back. Um, and there's room for two questions. Yes, absolutely. I, I think just forgetting Montoya in general was a bad decision and a bad change. Yes as long as they did it's like you got this great interesting character nah nope nope dump it uh jacob montez uh can't stay but boom two more coin for joel hey thank you uh, can i mention this too i'd Please. be remiss if i didn't mention this about just about every change that's happened with wonder woman in her solo book let's make her a powerless spy let's say she's a demigod now let's change everything again i i can never get invested in a wonder woman book because i know they're just gonna upturn the whole card table in the next volume never had a consistent writer for too long it's just it's just a mess and again it doesn't matter because none of it like reflects in justice league where she's always just the wonder woman you know yes which if that's the case just make it the wonder woman you know like don't mess with it um i would argue perez and i think burn had a really substantial run i think rucka had a good run too uh, uh, for that character. It was sword and sandal. Yeah. yeah, but it was just what you knew. And by the way, nothing wrong with that. That's Simone as well. Yeah, yeah, Gail Simone. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman needs consistency. It's one of those things where it's like, don't screw with it. You want to make it crazy? Make a friggin' black label book like Dead Earth, which is dope. Um, I haven't read that yet, but I've been hearing good things. It is dope. Uh, it's not over yet. It's one more issue. I think it comes out in like October or August or something. Um, Gar you know, schedules, man. Yeah, I know. Gar says people demand progress but hate change. Yeah, yeah. Well, they want to be entertained, but they also don't want to have the thing that they come to for comfort and consistency be altered that on a t-shirt man i agree because you hear all the times in like amongst comic fans and circle like oh i'm bored now you know yeah. when are they gonna shake stuff up then they do not that much go back i didn't want it like that it's this eternal tightrope act these creators have to watch where it's like give me something fresh and exciting yet also familiar <laughs> and comforting yeah yeah no and i think maybe that's why there is less care being taken by from, uh, from the publishing angle because they're like screw you you don't even know what you want yeah they're just so Again, angry we, another big example wally west hey he's back you love him he's great eh, let's make him a little depressive for no reason and okay let's also take him away from the universe and let's change his costume and give him dr manhattan symbol for some reason it's just wally west in an overly complicated dr manhattan design says to me 
that they have no idea what to do with that character. We just want to read his adventures. I'm sorry, we can't do that. I can't just do that because one day, whoever writes Wally West's book will do a better job than the writer of Barry Allen, and then people will expect Wally to succeed Barry Allen, and where will we be then? We can't do that. Uh, another big change that people were actually way more on board with than I thought because it's a complete and utter you know, uh, changing of the formula. Al Ewing on Immortal Hulk, where it's like, okay, it's a horror series now. And it's like, well, okay, I mean, yeah, I guess Hulk has always been a monster. Yeah, I can get on board with a creepy uh, (laughs) Hulk story. Okay, he also goes to hell and meets the devil. So there's like angels and demons in this. Okay, that's that's a different type of horror story, but all right. Okay, now it's a topical political story as well, too, about where we stand in America and how we need to smash status quos and data collection and everything. I'm like, I didn't see that coming, but all right okay yeah no it's the i think that the fact is there is not only is it a great story and it is like paying homage to like every iteration of the hulk oh yeah hulk is by definition a character of like just created through change and defined by change so you need change like change is so ubiquitous with the hulk that you're like yeah i'm in like Oh, Hulk's doing this? Sure. Like, people just like what reading about the Hulk. And as long as Hulk is in it, they're fine. Like, no, it, it, it's deceptively simple. And I think there's definitely a, a certain type of hardcore Hulk fan where it's like, but he still smashes stuff, right? Oh, yeah, totally still oh, no, smashes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Right. And he, he'll be green at some point. Mm hmm. All right. I'm down for this. Right. Exactly. No, Immortal Hulk, great changes, big changes, and just par for the course when it comes to Hulk. Like, Hulk always changes. That's who he is. Absolutely. I do not envy the person who has to pick up Hulk after Ewing. I think they should just not. Like, just don't publish This is like... It's like friggin' Swamp Thing after more, where it's like, you're not gonna be able to top this for a very long time. Let let the Hulk slumber do something else. Just put him in Avengers books. You know what I mean? Like, just do whatever. Like, he's a he's a character who shows up in other people's books for a little while. But, like, we're never going to do better than this. Maybe give She-Hulk an actual proper ongoing as we get closer <laughs> to her uh, series. That way, you still got a Hulk book. You still get the Avengers connection there. But you just do something different. Yeah, because I've heard, apparently, the, the immortal She-Hulk is a one-shot. So it's not, it is. It's not a series. Um, yeah, I'd be fine with that. Uh so freaking stoked for that one shot because like in half a panel ewing did more to explain what's up with uh what is it jennifer than like the last several avengers arcs together and he had it make perfect sense in like half a panel yeah no i'm i'm like thank you al thank you for fixing this um cash money in the bank as always great discussion great perspectives thanks for being excellent thank you for being excellent cash money it's great to see you congratulations again hope everything's going well for you sir uh TB, yeah. I'm a little late to the party. What happened to New, to, to New 52 Wally West? Is he still on the Teen Titans? Seemed like the only place I saw him. Yeah, what about Wallace West? Joel? Oh, yeah. Wallace, yeah, I think he was on uh, Damien's freaking Abu Ghraib Black Sight prison team. That's going to be rough to cut. All those characters are going to have a rough time freaking up. Poor Imiko, Green Arrow's sister. That's going to be a hard one to come back for. I, I had a pitch for that for when they eventually resurrect Green Arrow, what they should do with her. Yes. I will like well, keep it to I, I yourself. Want... I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. I don't want to see like I don't want anybody okay, taking that... it. <laughs> there you go. Because we know that happens a lot on this show. That's right. 
KTA3976. Remember when they made Laura X23 again, even though the best story ended with her rejecting that name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Again, you can't walk backwards in a story. Same with Sam Wilson Falcon. It's yeah. just no one wants that now. No, no. You needed it, it needed to be a big reveal. You know, like, she wasn't really Wolverine's clone or something, and then she's like, I am X-23. You know, like, if she's gonna, like, take it on and, and own it, it has to be organic. It has to... It can't just be, well, 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 Wolverine's back. You have to stop. I mean, even if she just kept the costume, I think people be more like doing it for it's like okay i'm x23 now for simplicity's sake that's my code name but i'm keeping the fucking costume though because i look rad as hell in it in hickman hickman's like no her name's wolverine yeah keep it, which i love that he did that yeah. demomo uh you hit the nail on the head joel overnight changes experience backlash but slow changes like miles give readers time to get used to it because we're experiencing the change in the same extent that the character is Thank you again but that's another problem with comics both readers and creators no one has patience no one just lets a story finish or run its course no there's no time i need i need immediate sales and the you know you see the problem you know the problem with with uh, with comic book readers is they don't bother to learn the industry like you know how you go to a movie and if you want to see the movie you go to the ticket booth and you buy the ticket and you go or if you want to uh, watch a movie on your on your phone you just click it and you pay for it and you watch it or anything else if you want to watch a Netflix show you buy a subscription you watch the show if you want to and you want that show to succeed you watch it or buy it end of story if you want this shoe line to succeed you buy the shoe if you want this cracker line to succeed you buy the cracker well apparently with comic books it's that you have to call the only merchant that is able to sell comic books to you regardless of how many miles away they are from you and then tell them three months in advance how many copies you want and be like, oh, uh, could you pre-order this book that I know nothing about and that I don't necessarily have the disposable income to pay for or, or, or know if I will in three months? Could you pre-order it for me and do that for the rest of the book's life? And could tens of thousands of us all do that at once? There's, there are like 17 streaming services. They are making shows catered for niche audiences and they're still stealing them because the barrier to entry is too great absolutely how do you think comics are gonna make it when the barrier to entry is as you described it so friggin labyrinthian yeah and unpredictable let's say that it was a sure thing oh if you call your comic retailer and you pre-order the book a month or uh, one to six months in advance and you pay for it ahead of time uh it will always exist and be always good Cool. Oh, sorry, we, sorry, we rebooted the universe. That book got lost in the shuffle. They had to rush to a conclusion. Sorry, oh, it was, was out of there. There was an event, and it had to change gears, and we put Dennis Hopeless on the book instead. <laughs> like, Aww. yeah, like that's gonna be your life. And so, no, you need to change the whole metric of the industry if you want books to succeed. So, no. Uh, but that's another topic. Kyle, okay. Tyler Cohen. I believe it was during all new, all different Marvel. But Dan Slott's billionaire high-tech Peter Parker was just so bad, it's like he changed it uh, just for the fun of it to make him think, was that even necessary? For me, the problem with that was he didn't go far enough, and he didn't stay long. Yeah. The idea was solid and, like, sounds like good evolution for Peter. Like, yeah, he's smart. Why shouldn't he be making money at this? Why shouldn't he be on the same tier as, like, a Tony Stark or what have you? If Peter Parker had split off from Horizon Labs to own Parker Industries. And it was a small business that he 
like parlayed and develop like Max Modell says we can't be the patent holders on everything all of our inventors create you'd have to create a corporation that you create your inventions under and so you will be paid through the patents that your corporation creates to make revenue and we'll pay uh, you to work here, of course. But like, if you want to make earn off of your inventions and your patents, you have to do it through a corporation. He creates Parker Industries, or like he makes up a joke. You know, it's a fun name. But then, unbeknownst to him, the, the you know it becomes the best co- like com- selling company at Horizon Labs. It becomes bigger than Horizon Labs. You know, like Peter doesn't pay attention. Isn't sp- he? Doesn't look at the stock market. You know, he's just like what? And then so all of a sudden, he's a billionaire. And like all this, he, he's fighting the rhino, and then he looks at his phone. It's like, huh, someone made a deposit in my bank. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, like, oh, and, oh, no, he sees it on TV. He sees it, the Nat West thing is, like, you know, PKR Industries is, like, selling, like, he's like, what the hell? And it's like, yeah, no, like, your company went public. And, you know, just do a thing, like, where he earns it. It's it, No, Otto created it. Peter stole it. And then yeah. he... And, and Slot was clearly done doing Spider-Man and was weary. A weary yes. writer was writing this big status quo shift, and that's the problem. That the, we didn't we we didn't lean into it. It's just we opened up issue one. Oh, he's living in China now. He's got all these employees. And he's it's got this, this random thing. woman that he's oh. with. Like, and and no, it was it was too much change. Too much. It was too much too soon. But you also the more important thing is you had a weary writer. You had a writer who didn't want to do it. Oh, clearly, yeah. Uh, Anarchic Arachnid. There's an oracle made by Phil Cho. It's an Iron Man-esque exoskeleton, and the face is her helmet. She's still paralyzed outside the suit. Hmm. There you go. Go, Joel's going to look at that. Um, I have to look at that now. <laughs> Ruben Gonzalez. Hey, Sal and Joel, here's a little something. You guys are awesome. Three Jokers counts as too much change. Additionally, we need the Question Digital series. You do. It's called Question Black Label, The Many Deaths of Vic Sage or whatever. It's a good book. It's not just digital only. And I pitched that. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I was like, we need to like make the question a digital only series. So you don't have to worry about sales. Um, but yeah, we do. I don't know. I don't re- oh, did you see the Oracle book? The thing? Very Iron Man. Maybe a little too Iron Man, <laughs> but not too. Um, three Jokers. I don't know if it's too much too, too soon. We haven't seen it. Again, it would have been too much too soon if it came out when it was supposed to. It's coming out like three years after the fact. I don't think it's too soon anymore. And it's out of continuity. It's written by Johns. No one in charge is giving him any cons- like continuity. Uh, Sam Nichols. I Kill miss- Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Sam Nichols, I miss Superman Solar Flare. He still has it, so you don't have to miss it. He just doesn't use it as much anymore. He literally used it in uh, Bendis' run. Oh, crap, that's right. Yeah. Well, I'm not reading Ben. This is running. So Neither there you am go. I, but, it's still, but I, I heard about it. Uh, Jacob Montez with the way Birds of Prey movie ended. I don't know if, why they didn't just make Montoya the question. Yeah, would have been fun. I mean, Rosie Perez is the question. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Maybe they will. I mean, the movie failed, so they won't. But, like, they could have. Uh, Candid Line 50. Hey, guys. Uh, apparently they're. Oh, good. Say apparently that lady's doing the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, didn't hurt her career too bad. Apparently, no, Margot no, Robbie's going to be in that. Too. Okay, she's good because she seems like a nice lady. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. Um, I just don't care about pirates anymore. <laughs> 
Uh, Candid Lion 50, hey guys, love the content, hope you guys are well and staying safe, not much to say, but wondering if you're digging Empire Iron Man 2020. I'm not reading Iron Man 2020, but I did dig Empire. Joel? Yeah, Empire was fun. You know, it's been, it felt like a very old-timey Avengers story, didn't it? And not just because it's referencing all this shit that happened decades ago. It reminded me of No Surrender, and I love No Surrender, so I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually have uh, Iron Man 2020, number four. It's the penultimate issue. I have it on my pile. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to do it on the channel. It uh, does seem like Slot is going out with a bang on this one. He's actually paying off quite a lot of stuff that he's been working on. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but apparently in the last episode, they actually do finally answer the question. Is this the real Tony? Is this just uh, uh, an artificial construct? Where are we going with that? So they finally answer that question. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bledzoe, or Bledzo says, uh, Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark is dope. I'd love to see what Tynan would do if he wrote her main title and explored her magic. It would definitely be a change I'm on board with. Agreed. Nothing more to Aim. say. Yes, Aim. do that. It would be enough to actually get me interested. I know I had the pitch before. It's like, let's let's have Wonder Woman become an Indiana Jones book where she goes around looking for ancient treasures of lost civilizations. Yeah. Basically, you, you turn her into DC's Dr. Aphra is what you do. Hey, I'm Deanna Prince, uh, you know, archaeologist. <laughs> that would be dope. Uh, Al Sidra, or AI Sidra, says, I wish there was a way to bring back milestone characters and fully integrate them in DC, unless that would disrespect the original creators, but still would be cool to see. Well, you're going to be seeing it sooner than later. Oh. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, we'll know for certain time soon, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully. Raj Patel, Wonder Woman Dead Earth has been phenomenal. Agreed. Kenneth Crowley Jr., Supergirl has been a changed too much since New 52. Supergirl. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Supergirl is the Captain Marvel of DC, and that is they cannot have a consistent team. She's been a Red Lantern. She's been like the TV show. She's been out in space doing hardcore uh, science fiction and everything. They have no idea what to do with that character. They haven't known what to do with Supergirl in decades. Nope. They haven't known what to do with her since she was not alive and they had a putty monster pretending to be her. Yep, yep. Just... Just do it because they know they need a Supergirl book, but it doesn't matter what happens in the Supergirl book. Right. Yo Block 1000 says, Will Marvel bring back Superior, uh, superior Spider-Man? I think it's a better book. It's a better look than Doc Ock. Probably. That book's still going? I thought they canceled the Gage book. Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. No, but maybe they'll bring it back one day. Well, here's the question. Was he still superior Spider-Man at the end of that? And if so, it would be fun to see him show up in something. I don't think so. No. You go back to being evil again? I, it's it's more, like, ambiguous. Okay, I would say put him on oh, a wait, team. No, he's Doc Ock again. Yeah, he's back at his old oh. body. He's fat and he's, and he's mad. Yeah, no. Eh, I would have said keep superior Spider-Man, maybe put him on a team and see how that goes. Put him on the Thunderbolts. Let superior Spider-Man run the Thunderbolts. <laughs> Such a good idea. Alcidra, did Renee Montoya questions show up anywhere after the pipeline story? Uh, she was in the Lois book. There you go. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, she was in the Lois book. I think we're caught up. Are we caught up? Yes. Oh, hey, no, Concept Court. Concept Court says, <laughs> sigh, I'm late, but here's money anyway. Thanks, Concept Court. <laughs> That's very kind. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. appreciate it. The last character we'll talk about before we wrap up, because it's on Joel's list, is Penance Speedball. 
Ooh, talk about a bad change where it's like, look, no one really cares about Speedball, but what if we made him bad? What if we made him dark and edgy and terrible? I remember when they did it, it was such a joke. Like, I was like, this is such a joke. Yeah. He was, it was so melodramatic. It was so edgelord. It was so pathetic. It was so stupid. I was like, this sucks. And I, and we said it, like, we did it on back issues. And I was like, this sucks. And I got like, we had, it was back when no one was watching the channel as opposed to mostly nobody. And when we had nobody, we still had the most comments on that episode being like, um, Penance got me over my trauma. His PTSD is my PTSD. I have never identified with a character more than Penance. And I was like, is this a joke? (laughs) Like, are you trolling me? But like, it gave me pause because I was like, wow, my opinions affect people. And it really like upsets them. And maybe I should like chill out and dial it back. And like, and then like I said it one time again on like a live show, I was like, I really don't get, I was a lot more tame. I was like, I don't really get like the penance thing. It seemed a little bit like edgy. And the people were like, oh no, it was a joke. It's stupid. It is a, no, 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 no. And it, all it took was like a year. And everyone was like, that was dumb. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, how the winds and cha- uh, taste change. Yeah, right? It's a lateral change, too, which was dumb. It's like this was change for change's sake. That's like, I bet we could do more with Speedball if he was an edgelord. Right. And and he could, like, it's just, it was so melodramatic. It was so terrible. And, like, what's funny is no one wanted to do it. Like, you yeah. could, every time he showed up, he, they didn't, like, Dan Slott clearly didn't like it. Because in his Squirrel Girl run, he, like, made fun of him. Dan Abner didn't want to do it. In his Nova run, he was like, this is stupid. Eve Ewing is making fun of him even now in Outlaw to where I think he has reached his final form as a joke within a joke where a speedball is showing up as part of Cradle and busting all the teen heroes. It's like, yeah, kids, it's dangerous out there. It's for your own good. I should know I'm speedball. <laughs> He's the- like, motherfucker, you can kill you kick off the original Civil War by being incompetent? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the Toma of the Marvel Universe. He just goes to schools and he's like, you know, I blew up a bunch of kids and then I put on the suits and it's got spikes in the suit and it's it, I could only use my powers when I felt pain. I'm like, this sucks. That's literally where he is now. I love that he's just a walking punchline now, Speedball. That's awesome. But like, what's funny is that's what jo- that's what Joe Casada wanted. Joe Casada hated Speedball, had a real problem with him, and was like, "If I could get away with anything, like everything I do has to be story driven. But if I could do anything with Speedball, I would just I would just bitch slap him in a book, like over and over and over again." And so he did. Did he ever explain like, why he didn't like Speedball? I think he just thought he was dumb. I think I think he didn't like Speedball. My guess would be that it's because he thought he like represented the worst of Marvel. Like he was a he was a joke. Like if you thought of Marvel, you thought about Speedball. No one did. That was a weird torch you had for the character. Like I don't know what his problem was, but like he turned him into like the antithesis of Speedball. Like Cannonball more. Yeah, Cannonball's great. Well, Cannonball's no. When it comes to Marvel's balls, you know, you can't go wrong. When it comes to speed versus cannon, cannon wins out. Every time. I mean, he's got a cool aviator jacket costume. You got to love that. And I mean, <laughs> and again, I too, I think maybe Bendis, is that why Bendis created Gold Ball? Was that also a dig at Speed Ball? Like, I'll make a dumber ball character. Right, here's Gold Balls. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the problem was with that. But he, what's worse than Gold Balls, though? Egg. Egg. 
I think egg is less embarrassing than gold balls. At least, no, gold balls says I'm owning it. Egg is like, I'm, I'm, I'm Dr. Robotnik. Like, that sucks. I do, man. That's what I do. Uh, Chris B says, you and Joel discussed young talent on DC books. It looks like DC heard you. So what do you think about Mariko Tamaki on Wonder Woman and Jordan Clark on Aquaman? Who are they? <laughs> Okay, so Mariko Tamaki, I actually know quite well because she's a Canadian writer. Uh, <laughs> she did that She-Hulk book that we actually really liked the first arc of, and it was clearly supposed to end after an arc, but they kept it going. Yeah. And she's done like a million other things. Uh, the Jordan guy I've never heard of before, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess they've announced some new uh, new team shakeups. That's cool. Yeah, uh, Jordan Clark's only DC credits have to be with uh, DC's Crime of Passion number one. Uh, Jordan Clark also worked mm. on a book called Elk Mountain, and the more like prominent work from Jordan Clark is Bitch Planet. Right. Okay. Um, so interesting. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't argue that those are young creators so much as they are indie creators, and I, I that's what we were that's what I was hoping for right. so more more indie creators being brought in. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, when it comes to change, when it comes to... Uh, you well, know, she's Canadian too, actually, Jordan Clark. Oh, yeah, Go figure. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Since you know everyone in Canada, I don't understand why you didn't know that. Because you were like, I know her because she's Canadian. I'm like, oh, did you like, do you live next door to each other? Oh, really? How? Again, if you're hiring all these Canadians, a DC probably for a lot less than the Americans. How How about me? How about me getting on one? I've got ideas. I got pitches, eh? Yeah, give them, give them, give them a Green Arrow like two-shot or like three-part epic. Um, I feel I couldn't do that because it's like, oh god, I love this character too much. I'm too close to the material. Fuck. Yeah, give him Manhunter. <laughs> they just yeah, sure. I, I'll hammer out the best. I'll hammer. I know they did. Which god, that's got to kill. Uh, what is it? The writer on that one because he clearly only got involved with Bendis and Superman because he could write the character uh, and Draco, so he could write the character he created. And they're like, nah, sorry, Mark and Draco. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Oh, literally, you could tell it's like the only reason he was involved in Leviathan and all that other stuff. The only reason he wrote Supergirl, which was dovetailing off Bendis, is like at the end of this, we'll let you write the Manhunter book you want. Whoo! Canceled. Um, done. When it comes to change, I think that uh, ultimately, if if we could actually attempt to answer this question, how like when is it too much? I think the only time that too much change, and I'd like to hear your opinion about this, is when. Um, is when the change is made artificially, inorganically, too quickly, and too soon on the heels of a previous change. Um, oh. Those That's the only time when there's too much change. Because as we've been like pointing out for the last hour and a half, um, the, like, the change that happens to every character you love will be rolled back. Like, there, is, oh, yeah. there is no permanent change. Uh, unless it happens to a smaller, less known character, like I would say that you know one of the biggest disservices Tom, Tom King did to the DC universe was Heroes in Crisis because he's like, I'm going to kill a bunch of characters uh, that no one's going to use, so that they're just going to stay in the ground pretty much until a reboot. Going to kill Roy. We're going to kill. Even though Roy just got back on track, that's that's a heartbreaker. Yeah, it's it's always the small characters that yeah, like seem La to suck. Lagoon Boy. Like it's just it's these characters that are dead and they're not coming back. Uh, because no one's going to have a great Lagoon Boy pitch that's going to be picked up and put into a good book. Or a good selling book, I should say. Um, but 
I don't think that there's any mountain too high when it comes to change for characters. Because, oh. like we said, like there was there was a lot of examples from the ch- super chats. I want to thank our super chatters so much for your generosity and for your constant con- uh, interaction. Because this is a very collaborative episode with you guys. Really. Uh, the fact is, every pitch, every, every story where they were like, this change, this change, this change, we pitched a better change with the oh, same yeah. exact cosmetic change. So can you imagine if they'd given it more than a few seconds thought? Like, Peter Parker being a billionaire? You can do that, and it would be a good book, and it would go back to the square one, but maybe not. Maybe it's just so good it would stay for a while, but eventually it would all go back. Peter Parker being a teacher. I mean, I don't want to use all Peter Parker examples, but, like, Booster Gold's gone through some changes. And and some of them were very much uh, anti-character. His PTSD change only made so that he could be at Sanctuary. Uh, So we could have some time travel BS to justify the end of this story. Yeah, we only did that so that he could be in this stupid event. That's not a good enough reason, but it'll go back. It'll go back. Everything always does. Yeah, but like good story... And with a with a with an understanding of the characters, doesn't even have to be a, like it's like Harrison Ford says. Harrison Ford talks about like when it comes to acting, he's like know your lines pretty much. I think it's it, know your continuity <laughs> pretty much. Like you need your edit your editor's supposed to know like have like encyclopedic yeah. like attention and retentive detail. But the writer needs to be like here's the story, and the editor goes like mm-hmm. the the character you created that you're thinking of is this person. So just we're going to put them in. Oh, right. and and do you want it to be that they have no history or here's the history. Does it, you know, and, and the history might influence your story. Oh, you know, the character that I created for this story to change this character that I'm writing about, you know, has an analog that has existed for 60 years. The 60 year history actually informs the story a little better. I'm going to do a little rewrite like that. Change to be collaborative. Yeah, yeah. And continuity can be a hindrance but it can also be uh a help and it can yeah. be a, a a way for you to put for the reader to get their footing for the writer to get some like vantage point for the character and their history so you know just understanding your continuity and understanding your character pretty much is enough like i but unfortunately as we said numerous times in the show the editor uh, you know, you need you need editorial oversight. You need the editor to be able to make changes to the writer's work, and you need enough editors. To, yeah, yeah, and you need the and you need enough editors to not be overwhelmed so that like things fall through the cracks. They will eventually or inevitably, but like for the most part, it shouldn't be every book. Everything falls through the cracks. <laughs> uh, what do you think, man? I mean, the the only constant in our unit. I was going to say, yeah, the, the only constant in our universe is change, so it's only right that our fiction uh, reflect that in some way. But good changes, I think we have uh, kind of zeroed in on here, takes time, but people aren't always patient and aren't willing to put in the work certain right. change. And, you know, uh, any uh, any idea can be a good idea, but also some ideas I think are doomed to fail from the get-go. Well, and you know what's funny? Like, some ideas, it's 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 really sacrilegious to say this about creativity, but, like, some ideas need to be stifled. Um, I cite the guy who invented the pop-up ad. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Because that guy has said on record, like, he regrets it. Like, he's like, I created this thing. Like, it's like 
you know, gaze upon my works, ye mighty in despair. Like, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. worlds. (laughs) Like, it, it is like, I had this idea. I didn't think about it long term. Facial mm-hmm. recognition technology. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, but, like, the fact that some ideas, like, only you will have them. And sometimes those ideas, if you you need to have the ability to, like, project and think, will that idea, is that idea, is having the idea worth it if you can see its Absolutely. impact? And, like, sometimes, you can't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes you can't tell when that idea is going to be so detrimental. You spent so much time wondering if you could, you didn't ask whether or not you should. That's right. <laughs> got to stop and think about it. And uh, so some of these writers are just like, oh, I got an idea. Uh, Superman murders Lois Lane. Like, and it's like, okay, yeah, but like, th- that's a story, I guess. But like, think about its impact. Now, that's injustice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> where are we going to be a couple of years after this? I think that's also a good question to ask. Thing, like, where are we going to be a couple of years later? Like, what what will this what what impact will this have? And it's like the problem is these publishers are like, who cares? The impact is I will make a lot of money right now. It's a problem for future Joel. Current day Joel is running ahead with this story. I want to eat cake every day, and I think I can because I want it right now. Oh no, I'm morbidly obese. Like <laughs> I have diabetes now. Like, like sometimes you need to have a little bit of restraint. <laughs> you know. So, uh, I, I think that too much change I- exists, but you need the, con- like everything, context and moderation. Oh. Uh, any, any closing thoughts? I think we pretty much nailed it all. This, this, this was a good one. This was a real learning experience. I think we uh, ended up with a nice little uh, summation of our thesis. I, I agree. I think so. We answered the question. We, we played devil's advocate, and we got a lot of great ideas from all of you out there watching. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for your contribution and for participating. If you would like to join us, or if you're not done talking about this, I advise you to join the Comic Pop Discord because the conversation can keep going for the till the end of time. Uh, it's just constantly going on. It's like a little chat room for you to join up, and uh, it's, it's by invite only, so I'm going to invite you right now. Uh, also, of course, if you'd like to hear a special continuation of the show, if you're not done listening to me talk to Joel or Joel espouse about God knows what, uh, you should join <laughs> us over at patreon.com slash comic pop because uh, there's a special super secret audio only podcast called One Shots where Joel and I just keep going. It's like a post show and uh, it ranges from like 10 minutes to an hour. God, I remember one time we had a show and I was like, this is a 45 minute long show. Uh, yeah. But you never know what you're going to get. Uh, so check it out over at patreon.com slash compa. And uh, there's so much more. Uh, this channel has a lot going for it. You've got a lot uh, to check out. If, you've, if you're joining us for the first time, subscribe and just dive into the archives. There's a lot to enjoy. And uh, we're, we're very lucky to have you. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. And we'll see you guys next week with a new episode. I'm Sal. Joe. Hello, everybody.